Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. References by saying this is that tonight today's message is going to be entitled "Sit and uh, Walk and uh, and Stand in Christ." Sit, walk, and stand. And this is something that is very dear to my heart, something very personal. We're going to study a little bit of the book of Ephesians in these sessions. So coming out of resurrection, this is all part of it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your word is true. I thank you that your word is real to us. It's dynamic in its power, in its manifestation. And I thank you that in every home represented no sickness, no disease, no coronavirus, no no COVID-19. We're declaring no respiratory challenges, no liver problems, no heart attacks, no brain aneurysms, no blood diseases. We're declaring that Jesus, you're the healer, the deliverer, and you are the one that makes us well. We're grateful for it. We're thankful for it. As I minister the word of God, I believe that your word will administer life and godliness to everybody present in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, all right, let's get into this and uh, let's study this out. And I want to preference this by what the Apostle Paul said in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 1. He says this, Paul, and he mentions himself, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Now, he mentions this will of God in a very strong emphasis. Don't casually look at that. He said, Paul. In the will of God, Paul, an apostle by the will of God, the will of God called Paul and the will of God established the apostleship in his life. So he says this in uh, by uh, Christ Jesus of Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus. And it's all done by the will of God. So the key to this is understanding the will of God. These set the stage for us to know what God's will is in our life. So in the book of Ephesians, I want to say this to you, the Apostle Paul's revelation is of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit's uh, finished and fully completed work that you and I get to experience. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has completed the work. If he's completed the work, then you and I cannot work to become more saved, we cannot work to become more righteous. We cannot work to be to experience more grace. Oftentimes people say, uh, Father, I'm asking you to send more power. Where's he going to get it from? He's given you all the power that you need right now. All of this dynamic power, all of this is already for you. It's already established for you. So everything that Jesus Christ did, he did by the will of the Father. Everything he did, he did because of the person of the Holy Spirit. Paul's revelation in the book of Ephesians is about these three things. Seated in Christ, walking in Christ, and then standing in Christ. Seated in Christ, walking in Christ, standing in Christ. These three dynamic levels. A lot of individuals want to walk by faith. And we need to walk by faith. Don't get me wrong. All of us must be walking by faith. And then we also want to stand against the opposition, the adversary. And we're having done all to stand. I'm standing. I'm standing and I'm believing. I'm standing and I'm believing. 
But the walking and standing are the natural elements we do now. Our seated position is spiritual. And if we're not willing to pay the price to be seated, then we'll never know what it is to walk consistently by faith and to withstand and stand against the enemy. So Ephesians 1, 3, and 4 says this. It's, a, it, it's powerful. Blessed be the God, blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy, to be blameless. Oh, I love that. I love that part. Before him, now watch this, in love. In love. We're supposed to be holy and blameless in love. And, and this is a powerful, powerful verse of scripture. Now, this statement gives us this. Let me, if I may, read this to you. And, and listen to your pastor right now. Listen up, church. Listen close. The birth, the earthly ministry, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the glorified body, and the 45 days that Jesus walked in infallible truths and miracles on earth after he was raised from the dead. And then came the ascension, and then Jesus himself is seated in a position at the right hand of the Father. And all of this is part of the completed work. Let me say it again quickly. The birth, the earthly ministry, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the glorified body, the infallible miracles that were done, the ascension, and him seated at the right hand of the Father. They're all part of this completed work. If it's completed, then your completed part is believing and receiving and living in it. That's all you and I've got to do is walk in this. Let's look at Ephesians uh, again, chapter 1. Let's look at verse 6 and 7, though. And I want to read this to you. If you haven't amplified, there are the capability of going to the Amplified because we're going to read this from the Amplified version and it's very powerful. Listen to this. So that we might, verse 6, so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of His glorious grace, favor and mercy, which He so freely bestowed upon us and beloved. In Him we have redemption. Oh man, that's so powerful. In Him we have redemption. This is deliverance. This is salvation. Through His blood, the remission or forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, and trespasses in accordance with the riches of the generosity of His gracious favor. Man, that is a mouthful of shouting and amen and glory be to God. That is tremendous, ladies and gentlemen. In Him we have redemption. Think about that. Meditate on that. Chew on that for just a moment. Right now you have redemption. Right where you sit. If you're born again and you know Jesus Christ, you have redemption. Oh, man, that's powerful. Now what does that mean? Total deliverance. It means salvation. Salvation, we get the word sozo. That means a completion. Everything about life and godliness has been provided for us. And all of us in accordance with this. Now, this is why the Apostle Paul covers in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, 4, 5, and 6. 1, 2, and 3 deal with the spiritual aspect of who we are in Christ. 
chapters 4, 5, and 6 of the, church, of the book of Ephesus, Paul deals with the natural side of how we actually live out the spiritual side. So there's both spiritual and practical. God is spiritual, and he's also practical. Now, we live on this planet, and we live in this flesh, so we got to be practical, but we cannot lose the spiritual side of it. And then there's some people that are so spiritual, they're not practical. So we have to understand God is a God of spirit and we must worship him in spirit and in truth according to John's gospel, the fourth chapter. So we got to do this and also we got to practically operate in this. So when the apostle Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus, he said in, in several verses of scripture and gave us the range of spiritual living and natural living here in this book, and it's called uh, a revelation, the revealed knowledge of what's going on. So I'm absolutely convinced of this, that when the Apostle Paul penned this by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God led him to pen this, to write this down, and he wrote the powerful life we now live. This is a powerful life. I'm born again. You're born again. This is not a weak life. This is full of the very power of, of God. Now remember when God spoke to Moses on the mountaintop? The Bible said that the earth shook. The Bible said there was smoke and lightnings and fire and thunders. And the children of Israel backed away and said, we, we can't handle that mountain. It, it, God is visiting that mountain. And the earth and the substance and the atmosphere couldn't handle God's presence. Now it could have in the garden because man hadn't fallen yet. Now, it could not handle this awesomeness of who God is. Now, all that power that hit that mountain when Moses came to it, that power now resides in you through the person of the Holy Spirit. So you are not weak, ladies and gentlemen. According to Joel, let the weak say, I am strong. We can tag ourselves to that say, let the sick say, I'm healed. Let the poor say, no, I'm not poor no more. I've been made rich in Christ Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Oh, man, this is redemption. So uh, when we read this, he is give, God himself has given us words, words of life in Christ. Now, Acts chapter 19, very important verse of Scripture. Acts chapter 19, verse 17 uh, 17, 18, 20, give us as a revelation. I'm just going to read a portion of it right here. And it's the record of what occurred in the church of Ephesus. The, the, the apostles were preaching the gospel, ministering, and they were casting out devils and healing the sick. And then we read this statement. And when you read this statement, this was actually in Ephesus when it happened. Historically, when we go through the all of the all of the understanding of where the apostles were and what they were doing. This moment, they were in Ephesus. In Acts 19, they were in Ephesus. And then this little part of this says, So mightily grew the word of God, and it prevailed. So mightily grew the word of God, and it prevailed. The word of God prevailed. Right now, let me say to you, the word of God is increasing. Thousands and thousands of people are right now doing what we're doing, watching virtual preaching of the gospel. Right now, individuals are 
enjoying their pastor's preaching. They're enjoying ministry of the word. There are people that are tuning in from of all over the world watching the gospel being preached. Do you know what that means? You can't stop the gospel. The word works. You can't stop it. It is spiritual. It is supernatural. And the word of God is multiplying. And guess what it's doing? It's prevailing over the economy. It's prevailing over recession. It's prevailing over coronavirus or COVID-19 or any other virus, any respiratory challenges that may rise up. The power of God is being released and the word is prevailing. It's prevailing right now as I'm ministering to it. You're prevailing right now, whether it looks like it or not. You're prevailing right now because the word works. Now, this was written in Ephesus when this was recorded. So there is nothing right now for us to receive outside of Christ. Everything we need is in Christ. We're seated in Christ. We're positioned in Christ. We're heirs with Him. So everything we need, we now have available to us. Listen close to me. We right now have available to us. You have available to you right now everything that pertains to life in God. That's what Peter announced. Everything is available to you right now that pertains to life and God, this God life. Everything that pertains to it, you have available to you. The Apostle Paul, however, does not end here. He does not stop here. Man, it'd be powerful if if that was enough, but it doesn't. There's so much more. Listen to this. He's getting started with the revealed knowledge of how we should live, how we will live, how we'll continue to live. Paul explains to us that Jesus gave to us the spirit of the living God to reside on the inside of us. We know that was a promise, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We know that in the book of Acts, and you'll receive power after that, the Holy Ghost come upon you, Acts 1.8. And we know on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, where it said, and they were all in one room, in the upper room, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared under the cloven of tongues as a fire, and the power of God resided on them, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. People of the city began to take notice of it. They came out, began to preach, and 3,000 got saved. That is powerful. That is the might of God. But in but here we find the revelation that Paul is saying, we have been given the, the Spirit of the living God. The Spirit of the God, living God is for us right now. So the Holy Spirit lives in us. Why? Why, is, why, why was that promise given? To produce what uh, what is in Christ in us, for us, and through us. This and Christ means the anointed one is anointing. So Christ is in us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not looking outside. I'm looking right now inside of me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Once again, in the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 5 and 6, we have the record of what happened in Ephesus. And here's how we read this. This went on. Some people say, well, only on the day of Pentecost people got filled with the Holy Ghost. Seriously? Acts chapter 19, oh, many years later, after the initial infilling with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, years later, the apostles are still preaching. Paul's doing it himself. And we read this in Acts, in Acts chapter 19, verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul laid his hands on them, 
Oh man, I'm looking forward to the day we get back to church. I can put my hands on. We get back to church. I'm going to lay hands on all of you guys and just bless you. And may the blessing of the Lord come on you. Paul laid his hands upon them and the Holy Ghost came on them and they began to speak with tongues and they prophesied. Now, this is years later. Once again, this happened in Ephesus. So although you don't read it in chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, it's here. It happened in Ephesus. So the Holy Spirit cannot produce a separate from what's already been accomplished. He only says what he hears the Father say. He only does what he sees the Father do. And so we have that on the inside of us. What others see we live, we live by the grace of God. And when they see us, they see the power of God on the inside of us. So let's get back to this foundational where we're at. Number one of this message. We are seated in Christ. Number one, we're seated in Christ. Everything I said to you was just introduction. Now, we are seated in Christ. Number two, we are to walk by faith in Christ. We're seated in Christ, and then we're supposed to walk by faith in Christ. And then number three, we're to stand firm in Christ. And so because of it, this is powerful. If we're not first seated in Christ... How will we walk in Christ? And if we're not seated and walking in Christ, how on earth are we ever going to stand and fight the good fight of faith? So we first have to learn how to be seated in Christ. So this is where we're at right now. So we're seated in Christ. Say that with me right now. Where you're at, right where you're at, say, right now I'm seated in Christ. Does that sound good? You're seated in Christ. That's positional, man. That means we're positioned in Christ. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 makes this statement. Are you ready for it? Powerful. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. It says, but God, but God, who is rich in mercy. Oh, man. God is rich in mercy. Your God is rich in mercy and his mercy is directed towards you and his mercy endureth for a thousand generations. His mercy reaches out to you. Now, God who's rich in mercy, rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. His great love and he loved us with his great love. Even when we were dead in sins, quickened us up together with Christ and raised us up together, raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to notice, before I get into this, notice the word together. He raised us up together. He raised me up. He raised you up. We're together in this. So if we're together in this and he made us alive together, Jesus, he died for us. He rose again from the dead for us. So you and I should not have any arguments, division, separation, unforgiveness, and deal with natural stuff and then separate from each other. Man, that's so carnal, we can't get that way. And the only way that happens is you're not regularly understanding that you're seated in Christ Jesus. Notice that we are raised up together. And here is the power of two. The resurrection of Jesus was spiritual, it was solical and it was physical. When Adam fell, he fell and died spiritually. He died solically and he died physically to the things of God. 
So Jesus had to fully restore us back. And in the resurrection, that's exactly what he did. When Jesus died on the cross, he, he purchased everything back, spirit, soul, and body that was lost in the garden. So the resurrection of Jesus was spiritual, solical, and physical. Then number two, reality. Now, right now, we are raised up with him spiritually. Right now, to be seated in Christ is to be raised up with him spiritually. So I am a spirit being. You're a spirit being. And because of that, we are a spirit, we have a soul, we live in a body. Now because of that, let's deal with the spirit level. That's the highest level of who we are, the spirit level right now. Right now, our position in Christ is to be seated. Right now, our position is to be seated. Now, that literally means that you are in Christ. Here's now, let's, 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 let's talk about this. Jesus didn't say, sit over there. You, you know, sometimes when, when parents are talking to children or they sit with somebody, they'll say, hey, sit down over there. Have a seat. Sit down uh, and, and be quiet. Just sit down over there. Well, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you're seated in me. On earth, you're seated in me. I see you seated in me. Your heavenly Father sees you seated in Christ in the substitutionary work. Everything Jesus did, what he died for, what he rose again from the dead for, everything he did, you and I are now seated in Christ. That position is so powerful. That position is so great. The Bible says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ according to Philippians chapter 3 verse 9. Hey, listen to this. According to the word of God, the Bible says, Be ye holy as I am holy. That's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. So be holy. How are you going to do that? Unless the resurrection made you holy. Holy means to be made separate from the world. You're, not, you're in the world, but you're not part of this world. You and I are already made holy. You can't get any more holy than what God already did. God made you holy. That means He separated you for Himself. He put you aside and, and, and said, I'm going to use you for this purpose. The Word says that you were created in the image of God. Do you believe that? You're created in the image of God. Come on, look at yourself. Anytime you get up, look in the mirror, look at yourself, you're looking at the natural physical being. That's the lowest level of you. But look at your eyes, the windows of your soul, and see yourself and confess, I am the image of Almighty God. I've been created in God's image and God likeness. I've been born of the Spirit of God. In me lives the great I am. And so because of this, I'm not ordinary. I'm extraordinary. I'm not natural. I'm supernatural. According to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you've been created in that image. And the Word declares that you are more than conquerors than him that loved you. According to Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Where do we get all this? You're seated in Christ. You are right now seated in Christ more than a conqueror. On this earth, you're more than a conqueror. You have conquered uh, over coronavirus. You've, you've conquered over flu symptoms, over colds, over coughs, over weak immune systems, over blood diseases, over pancreatic cancer, over all cancer, over leukemia. You've, you're more than a conqueror. Jesus loves you. You're the healed of the Lord. May I say that to you? Give you a word. You're healed. 
You are the healed of the Lord. And let the word of God work its work on the inside of you. Let the word do the work. Let the word do the work. Let the word do the work. Speak the word only. And then you, the servant, shall be healed. Many Christians uh, uh, and uh, individuals that, are, that go to church unfortunately have been defeated in, in this Christian life and they've been because of false image that had been portrayed through preaching. See, I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I got saved when I, I was a sinner. Then I got saved. I've been now made holy. I have now been made righteous. I'm saved. For a lot of people, they're going to get upset with that when they hear that because, no, we're all sinners saved by grace. I was a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. What's the sense of Jesus dying on the cross if he couldn't eradicate sin? Jesus took away the sin. Jesus dealt with it all, every bit of it. Jesus did it all. There's been times that through the ministry, our church, our heritage, uh, we've had individuals that, that had such situations and and, and uh, unfortunately, they, they didn't mean it. They didn't do it purposely. Stuff happens. And and, there, and debt occurred. And they had to pay a rent or a mortgage, a car note or something. And, and they gave us a figure and said, if we don't pay this, we got to move out if we don't do this. And, and so we wrote a check and paid it off and, and wiped that, that immediate debt away. So that immediate situation was wiped away. Now all they got to walk with is what's ahead the next month, the next year, going forward. But what they had, we wiped it out. It was wiped out. Jesus wiped away your sin. He eradicated your sin. So please don't fall into the most uh, wicked lie that has ever existed. And that wicked lie is this, is that I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. You are not an old sinner. You are saved right now by the grace of Almighty God. And guess where you're seated? In Christ Jesus. How do I know that? Because His great love and His mercy reached out to you. And He's touching you with that mercy. And He got a hold of you. According to Colossians 1.27, You are somebody because Christ in you, the very hope of glory, said, Have a seat in me. Be seated in me next to my heavenly Father. Now, you and I are in Christ. And I want you to notice again, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, and it tells us this. What is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? I believe you believe, right? You're a believer, right? Not say amen or shout it, amen, I believe. Now watch, according to the working of His mighty power, to the power to us towards us, so the whole thing is for our benefit which he brought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now, that's a place to shout. But return to Ephesians 2, 6 and attach this to it and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. And we compare these truths. We realize that we were raised up and made to sit with him with exceeding greatness of his power because we believe and this working of his mighty power is working on the inside of us. This whole being, your whole life, everything about you, as that's what the seated position does. 
It gives you exceeding great power to operate on earth and to speak words of life. Jesus is Lord and Jesus is King of Kings and Jesus is the great I Am. Ladies and gentlemen, without the resurrection, you and I could never have been seated in Christ. We are right now in Christ Jesus because the Word of God made us to be this way. We cannot walk in Christ unless we first sit in Christ. We are seated in Christ. That is your God-given position. And so next week we're going to be talking about walking in Christ, and then we'll be dealing with standing in Christ. I sure love you. I thank God for you. Listen, thank you for joining us. I'm asking you to... If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.